You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun, senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I'll give you those by Friday. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to week two of the Wingfoot Locks. With me, as always, is Chris Portente. He is back and better than ever. We are blaming last week's pick on his illness. He was under the weather, but he is back, and we are ready to pick winners for you. Right, Chris? Hopefully. <laughs> what do you mean, hopefully? These are the locks. No, last, last week. Last week with week one, you can't, you know, nobody can be based on week one. Week one's a complete total mess. Yeah, as as were the We Miami knew it Dolphins. smelled like fish. We knew it smelled like spit fish. It smelled like bad fish. We ate it anyway, and now we all got botulism. <laughs> well, one of the things Greg Hoyle said when we made the pick was that, hold your nose, the Miami Dolphins didn't realize how bad they were yet. Apparently, they realized how bad they actually are this season. And it showed probably a couple minutes into the first quarter. I don't know if you heard, but after the game, a bunch of the Dolphins actually requesting trades to go to another team after that debacle. But we're putting that behind us. Week one is behind us. We are ready to get back on and pick winners. So, Chris, I want you to start it off here. There are a couple games that you like. We'll leave the wing foot lock for last. But one of the games you like this week is the Atlanta Falcons hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Tell me what you like about this game and why. All right. Well, I got like a couple of things. First of all, um, you know, zero and two in the NFL season is uh, is 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 a death wish, and all teams know that. So, um, you know, Atlanta is a quality team, um, and for them to go zero and two would be a season a season killer. So that that's one angle to look at. Um, the other thing is. Um, because of that angle, I was looking at them. I was also looking at the fact that Philly's going on the road, uh, playing indoors. Um, but I got to tell you, the line at one, which is now one and a half, um, scares me a little bit. And I'll tell you why. Um, doing this for as long as I've been doing this, uh, there's a trend that I that, that, that pops up very often. When, I, when, when a spread opens up at one, Hanging, hangs around and lingers around at one. That game is never as tight as it could be. If you get a pick 'em game, a lot of those pick 'em games are pretty close down to the wire. When you get games at one, if you go and do the research, most of those games end in double digit blowouts. Um, and using that as an angle, the way the Falcons played last week, they just seemed out of sync. And I don't know if you can get everything on sync back in a week to come back to, 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 to do that, and I and like you said earlier, we were discussing this earlier. Philadelphia, you know, they started out slow last week. I don't think they start out slow again. Um, so that's scaring me. Like so, the angle, the original angle I was looking at is it's going to be really hard for a team who starts out 0 and 2. And I think uh, the Falcons are a quality team up against it, and they're going to do everything they can to win this game. But the line is scaring me a little bit. Now, there were a couple of So trends. I'm a little on the fence on that. I've gone to my head. I would pick Atlanta, but I'm a little on the fence on it. But there were a couple of trends that favored Atlanta that you liked. Right. So the Falcons are 11-5 and five against the spread as home dogs. Um, and even better than that, 
The Falcons are 3-0 against the spread as home dogs since 2015 under their current coach, Quinn. So those are two glaring stats in favor of the Falcons. Those are two more reasons why uh, I was leaning towards the Falcons. But that we do here, a lot of it is based on history. A lot of it is based on doing this a, long, a bunch of years. And a lot of it is based on my gut. And uh, like I said, my gut is a, a little squirmy about it. So, uh, it's like it's I said, gun to my we head. Don't, we, like don't, we don't distrust your gut. I mean, when it comes to food and football, we go with your right. gut. That's right. All the Gun time. to my head, I like the Falcons. And I've been looking at the Falcons uh, since since the game's ended on Sunday. But the, the, the line is uh, telling me that uh, I'm not sure it's going to be the pick of the week. But it's definitely a play. Okay, so your play here is go Falcons or lay off the game completely. That's what I would say to you, yes. Fair enough. All right, the next game that you wanted to look at, the Detroit Lions, who basically just let one slip away this week. They had the Arizona Cardinals exactly where they wanted them, and it looked like they fell asleep in the fourth quarter. They return home now to play host to the Los Angeles Chargers, who are coming off an overtime win at home against the Indianapolis Colts. The line in this one opened at three. I'm seeing it down to two and a half. That's Lions plus two and a half in a lot of places here. What's your play in this one, Chris, and why? Well, that line moving so quick tells you right off the bat that some some early money's coming in on the uh, Detroit Lions. Uh, as far as last week, the Detroit Lions, I, I thought they played well. I thought they did what they had to do against an inferior team. Um, not a huge Matthew Stafford fan, but he had great, great numbers and played well. I think they got complacent. Uh, I think they, uh, didn't have the foot to the, the pedal to the metal in the end. And I think it cost them. I didn't think they thought the rookie can come back. The rookie showed a lot of gumption in coming back. And by the time they got all cylinders going on Arizona's side, uh, the Detroit couldn't do anything. Uh, but Detroit looked good. They looked solid. The reason why I liked them today, this week. Okay, and I'm going to tell you why. Like I said earlier in the last a couple of podcasts ago in our opening podcast, uh, I'm down on the Chargers this year. Uh, you can see the Chargers struggled with a Colts team. Now, I think the Colts are better than most people do, um, but the Chargers had a tough time putting them away and had to go into overtime to do it. Um, also, um, I told you again in that opening podcast, I'm a big believer on this, uh, you know, going the West Coast teams going to – East Coast, even though Detroit is kind of middle America there, and it's a one o'clock game. Um, and I just think Detroit is going to uh, be uh, up against it today, this week. I think they, they don't like that they let one slip out of their hands. I think they're going to have a little more uh, urgency in this one. I think they're going to play a little t- tougher, a little tighter. And I just think the, uh, the travel is not going to favor San Diego, like it did last year. Last the year Los they Ange- traveled the Los and Angeles Chargers there, Christopher. Right, they right. Los you know what? Now. I call them San Diego Chargers. <laughs> They're still the San Diego Chargers to me. But anyway, uh, last year they, they just it, it didn't it was a, it was like uh, you know it didn't affect them at all, which is just not the norm. That was a fluke. I'm telling you, it's a fluke. You did the West Coast teams cannot just ignore the travel the way that this team did last year. And I think uh, I think it's going to catch up with him here in week two. I'm a big believer of when uh, Philip Rivers plays well across. Um, again, I'm throwing out last year. I think they were overrated last year. I think they played above their heads. I told you I like the under this year on their win totals. I think they're coming down to reality. And the Philip Rivers I know usually plays a real good game, and then next week comes down to earth a little bit. And I like that play. 
Plus, if you look at the money, the money line is 80-20 in favor so far. It's only Tuesday, but so far 80% of the money is on the L.A. Chargers. And I'm going to let you take over here, Joe, and you tell the public what we think of the 80-20 theory. Yes, yes, we started discussing it last week, but there is an 80-20 rule because we're nothing if not principled. If 80% of the public is on one side, we either go to the other side or we stay away from the game completely. A lot of those times, it's the hold-your-nose game, but you got to go with it anyway because over time, Vegas has all those casinos for a reason. Things will play out in your favor if you fade the public, especially at that high a number. Obviously, it didn't work out with the Miami Dolphins this week who were an 80-20 game, but we're putting that in the past. You have to play on your principles. If you're going to go with it once, you got to stick with it the next week. And I think that that is a very big play to fade the public uh, on just most weeks. Now, the other thing that people get themselves in trouble with, and I think we kind of got ourselves in trouble with with some of the things we were talking about, is mixing those up uh, with teasers. You play these things straight out. There's a reason they're called teasers. Parlays, there's a reason the odds are in the favor of the house. Everybody wants to get rich quick. But we'll do a video maybe one time, Chris, showing why parlays are a bad play uh, from an odds perspective. But go with it straight out, fading the public. It's a good way to go. Chris, one question I had for you, though, about this game is Detroit went to overtime as well, and they had to play the entire overtime period in a tie game with the Cardinals. How much stock do you put on having to play an extra quarter and the fatigue that might set in, especially this early in the season? Well, that's just it. It's early in the season. These guys aren't banged up yet. These guys are world-class athletes. Uh, if this was week six, week seven, guys treating nagging injuries, I think it might have an effect. On week two, uh, it's not something I'm really even factoring in. And before we get off this game, the other stat I want to tell you is that if you look at all these uh, trends for the Chargers, and most of them are based on this this uh, great season they had last year where they went against the, the, the norm in the NFL, uh, they're 7-1 and one on the road, 13-1 on the road, 7-1 and one against the spread here, blah, blah, blah. You go all the way down the line, and all these trends phases of the phase, um, are in favor of the Chargers. If you dig a little deeper – the trend that I like that most people aren't going to dig that deep to find is the Los Angeles Chargers are two and four on the road when they play the Detroit Lions. Those are good numbers. In their yeah. last six games. Yeah, those are, those right. are definitely so, good uh, numbers. Maybe it's something about Ford Field. Right. So with everything that I just told you on this game, with everything that I told you in the first podcast about how I feel about the Chargers this year, uh, how they had a fight to the wire to beat uh, you know, a depleted Colts team, even though I think the Colts are better than most people think. Uh, I really like Detroit Lions this week, plus two and a half at home uh, as a strong, strong play. But the Lions are not the wing foot lock of the week. We give you one lock every week, and we are going to get back on track. If you do remember, last year we did not get the first week's pick. That involved the Miami Dolphins and an over-under as well. After that, we went on. We also involved a three-hour delay and four lightning storms. Yes, we, it seems to be the issue with the Miami Dolphins that we're going to have to stay away from on week one. But we're ready to jump back. We went on a roll after that. I think we had five or six in a row after that. So now is the time to get on with our wing foot lock of the week. And that comes in the game on Thursday night between the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chris, take us away. All right, so I love, 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 love 
the Carolina Panthers this week, laying six and a half on the road on a shortened week, Thursday night game, home game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you watched any of that Tampa Bay Buccaneer game, you can clearly see that Jameis Winston picked up right where he left off last year, which is completely lost. He has no idea where he is, what he's doing. He is a disaster. Not that he's trying to do too much or do too little. He just doesn't even know what he's doing. He's a mess out there. And like Joe and I discussed before, I think Bruce Arians is supposed to come in here to fix him, and I think Bruce Arians is just confusing him even more. And I don't know how you have all those mental errors in week one, all those turnovers, all those mistakes, and I don't know how you get that fixed on a short turnaround and having to travel on the road. If he had a whole week, maybe he can improve some of it. I don't see him improving any of it in three days. On the other hand, the Carolina Panthers, I thought, played a very good game. That game was caused by their quarterback, Cam Newton, who has a viable excuse, I think. Cam Newton hadn't played since his injury, his first game back, and he had a little rust. Um, you take that interception that he throws with five minutes le- uh, left to the game, which was completely telegraphed, and you take that bonehead pitch behind the line of scrimmage that cost him a costly turnover out of the game, and they're right in their game. McCaffrey was running up and down the field. They look good. They look good enough where they can turn around in three days to their opening game at home and play a disastrous Tampa Bay team, and I think they should be able to win this game by double digits. Um, I love them at six and a half. Get on at six and a half before it goes to seven. I'm pretty sure by kickoff it'll be at seven. Uh, If you've watched any of these Thursday night games, especially last year, they've all been stinkers. Um, the home team has overwhelmingly won, decidingly have won these games. Most of them have been in double digital Chris, blowout fashion. Let me interrupt you right now. And I think that I trend continues. I got the numbers on this, and we were talking about this before. Thursday night home teams, home favorites especially, are better than 60%, 19-3 against the spread. 62.1% that is, oh, excuse me, uh, they are 19-3 uh, straight up and 14-7-1 against the spread in December or later, 59-36-2, against the spread on Thursday night. And I think that just continues here. One of the things that we were talking about beforehand is, is the number, too, right? Six and a half, seven is a key number. I've already seen some books move that line from six and a half to seven, which shows you where that betting public is. And again, it's a Thursday night game, so you get the, the money's going to come on, in on that early. And I could see that line going to seven and a half because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as you said, against a lesser opponent, the San Francisco 49ers this week, who, like the Rams, had to go west coast to east, and they absolutely looked lost. I think Carolina with the home crowd behind them is huge, and I think when you're getting that home team on Monday night at a key number, if you can still find it at six and a half, you got to jump on it because it will definitely move if it has it already. And another thing, in prime time in general, home teams, home favorites have been dominating almost just under 60%, 58.9. So that's on any prime time game for the home favorites. I think that's going to continue this week, even though it is a division rival. And while we're crunching the numbers here, the Panthers are 5-1 and one straight up against uh, the Bucks in their last six games. And they're eight and four against a spread uh, at home versus the Bucks in their last 12 games. So those are numbers that absolutely favor this play as well. And again, uh, if you watch the post-game interview and post-game press conference from Cam Newton, he pretty much took the blame. He feels like he cost his team a win. I think they played well enough to win that game. I think they feel that they let one get away from them. 
I think they're going to come up with come out with their backs against the wall against a, a much inferior team. I think uh, the fact that the short turnaround, all those errors and mistakes that Cam made last week are going to be fresh on his mind. He's going to try his hardest not to make those again. I think all the other elements of their game were good enough to beat uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need more than three days and a road trip to Carolina to fix all their problems. And you mentioned the fact that Jameis Winston is learning an entirely new offense with Bruce Arians. He has to not just figure out what he did wrong in the game. He's still trying to figure out the offense, so now he's going to have more lumped on top of it. I think that's just too much to handle right now, whereas Cam Newton, he's been in the offense for years. He runs that offense there in Carolina, and so I think that's really going to help him this week, especially on that short turnaround. So I think the Panthers are going to roll in this one. That's the wing foot lock of the week. I want to give you two picks uh, that Greg Hoyle gave us here, and, and he's not here to defend his pick, so you can let him have it on Twitter. It's the hashtag according to Hoyle. This week, he likes the Arizona Cardinals, who are uh, headed to Baltimore to take on the Ravens, who just absolutely demolished the Miami Dolphins, as we're all well aware. And then he also likes rolling with the Cincinnati Bengals at home as they are coming off that tough loss in Seattle, uh, and they will host the San Francisco 49ers. Chris, two things I just want to talk about before we get out of here. Uh, obviously, we saw the open for the Cleveland Browns. A lot of people lost their survivor pools already because of them. OBJ in the news now. You think this Monday night game could be key for the Browns uh, and where they go the rest of the season? Why is that? Well, I told you guys in the first podcast we were talking about over-unders. I was not high on the Browns. Uh, they have too many, too many attitudes over there, too many personalities over there. Uh, I just, it just seemed to me, uh, yes, the talent is there, but all those personalities, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, and they've already struggled against a, uh, what I feel is an inferior uh, Tennessee Titan team. And now where is OBJ's focus? His focus is on being able to wear a $190,000 watch while he plays football. That's his focus. His focus isn't that he only had seven receptions for 71 yards or his quarterback threw three atrocious picks. Or, you know, the offensive line couldn't block anybody. It That's was not a where nice watch, though. Did you see the watch? It was a nice watch. And it's orange, so it matches his attire. Just like Antonio Brown had to look good in his new helmet. You know, these, they, 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 I'm telling you right now, if this team goes 0-2, if this team goes 0-2, or even if they get to 1-3, they will implode. The team will implode. OBJ will start crying. This one will start complaining. And they'll all be at each other's throats. It'll be a disaster in Cleveland. And one more that I just want to put on your radar and talk about because I just find this supremely interesting. You mentioned Antonio Brown. How about the New England Patriots, 18-and-a-half-point favorites right now against the Miami Dolphins on the road? Have you ever seen a division rival on the road, 18-and-a-half-point favorites? They'd be favored by 24-and-a-half, they're saying, if this game was at home. This is like back in the day when they had Moss and they were beating teams by 40 or 50. They were 21-point spreads, 23-point spreads every week, and they were covering. And I got to tell you, based on, again, I'm going to throw it back to that first podcast when I told you stuff. If Miami didn't look as atrocious as they looked <laughs> last year, I would probably jump on this 18 points because Miami always plays them well in the first couple of weeks of the season. They've never played well in, in, in Miami on the road. They always struggle to win those games. Sometimes they lose them outright. The heat is a big factor on old man Brady, but you just can't have any faith based on what I saw the Dolphins last week. I thought the Dolphins would play better than they would. I didn't think that 
uh, the Ravens were going to go just completely change up everything and go to an aerial attack. I mean, they completely changed their game plan. I wasn't ready for it. The Dolphins weren't ready for it, and that's why uh, yeah, that's why everybody's all in one. But we're going to fix that this week with the Carolina Panthers and the Wingford Lock. Excellent. All right, so lock it up. The pick is in. The Carolina Panthers minus six and a, and a half. Go jump on that number right now because they are going to disappear quickly. Uh, it is a Thursday night game. Again, the special. Please tweet us, follow us, check us out. It is at Wingfoot Locks on Instagram, on Facebook. We do these podcasts live on Tuesday night, and then we put up the edited version on Wednesday. So if you want to get that fresh line, then you want to be following us on Tuesday. You want to hear it first. You got to wait till overnight. The lines might be moving already. So for Chris Portente and myself, Joe Masiri, this has been NFL Week 2 2019 Wingfoot Locks. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time, make sure your money stays sharp. And remember, it's not whether you win or lose, it's whether or not you cover the spread. Talk to you later, guys. <laughs>